Fox. This is All About Home Construction, and here's your hosts, Terry Cannell Beck and Randy Blake. That's right. Good morning, Randy. Morning, Terry. Happy Saturday, buddy. Good, yourself? Yeah, man. It's a, it's a lovely Saturday. Can't go wrong on a lovely Saturday morning. Yes, it is. And how about uh, how about this? Uh, if I'm hungry, what if I what if I wanted to get something to eat? Where would I go? Well, you know, I started at five o'clock this morning I love cooking, it, Dan. getting ready. Ooh, BFW breakfast going on right uh, right now. Yep, all you can eat. All you can eat. Come on, mm. twelve bucks. Well, that's it's a good good deal. I well, like a good all-you-can-eat breakfast. You know that. You know, I had somebody complain about biscuits around town. Now, I've not been to the new biscuit place, but I heard you pay $12 for a biscuit there. Yeah. So come on over, and you can get biscuits and gravy, sausage, ham, bacon, eggs, potatoes uh, for 12 bucks. How about that? I, sounds great to me. I mean, Coffee. Coffee. and Got milk and orange juice. Well, there you go. You have me sold at bacon. Bring a young and I'll I'll feed them for six bucks. <laughs> All but Carson. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a height limit there, there you know. <laughs> you know yeah, well, he eats or, more than I do. Oh, that's a stomach me? issue. <laughs> he, he eats more than I do now. So yeah. don't, don't that's worry. all right. You know what? He's into football. He's got to eat. <laughs> lifting weights and he's complaining because he's, I don't know, don't ask me what he's lifting right now, Two two fifty something I don't know. He's oh, complaining because no. he couldn't get underneath it and blah 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 i just shook my head and said okay well you know what you got to work up to it <laughs> that's it well uh but so yeah for real though go out and get the uh all about uh all about home construction breakfast there you go <laughs> go to the vfw and get you a good all you can eat buffet breakfast good stuff that'll be going on this morning and uh then not uh just over a week week from now Almost two weeks. Seventeenth. The seventeenth. Yeah. Good. Uh, that. It's a holiday. Oh yes. Day. And you know we have done corned beef and cabbage before. Mm-hmm. And uh, and everybody wants to do corned beef and cabbage, so we're going to do a little different. We're going to do a Northern Irish fish and chips. Nice. I told you. I'm not a fish guy, but the best fish and chips I ever ate was standing in Dublin. So, you, uh, you, you, you know, it's perfect. Get you good beer battered fish and fries, and which they call them chips, which I think are better. And you know, the key to it is also you get you a little malt vinegar. Yep, got that coming. Fries. Got that coming. Uh, I even downloaded the recipe for real Irish t- tartar sauce. Nice. You know, I'm trying to do as as close as I can to it. Love it. And, uh, uh, you know, fish is not vegetarian, so I did find the beef tallow. Sweet. And uh, Gives a little more flavor. Yes, it does. Well, I'm not going to use 100% beef tallow, but that's what they use in Europe. Right. To fry their foods. There you go. And I'm going to, uh, for all of y'all can remember when the food wars were going on in the 80s, you know, when everybody's t- talking about lard and beef tallow being unhealthy mm-hmm. for you, and now they've come back out and said meat uh, oils are healthier now than vegetable oils yep. because the additives that they're putting in yep. the vegetable oil. Yep. Well, you know, and then, then I mean, well, don't get me started on 
stuff with some of that, like canola oil and stuff. It was made for lubrication first, and they're like, oh, it tastes good. Let's use it. Well, you know, uh, they're saying they're homogenizing some of the vegetable oils. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, that was the whole thing of getting rid of some of the stuff in margarine and stuff. Yep. So, all right. Well, there you go. Come see us. Uh, <laughs> go eat a breakfast. You heard two commercials on New River Building Supply. That's where I buy 90% of my materials. Yep. Because I believe in local. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, that that's that's important. Uh, you know, they were a long-time sponsor for the show, and uh, the studio itself is, is the New River Building Supply uh, studios right here in uh, 1450 and 96.5 WATA. And so uh, we do appreciate them for... Uh, you know, for, for keeping up, keeping it local. Two locations, Banner, Elk, and Boone. Yep. Now, yeah, I mean, they're, they're still pretty solid in, in Banner, Elk. I just never get out there, so I never see how traffic goes in and out of there. But I know the, the one in uh, the one in Boone's pretty busy. Yes, it is. I, I, I believe Banner, Elk is, too. I mean, you got uh, everybody goes to Lowe's. That's the only two, you know. Banner Elk, I guess, won't allow Home Depot in. Boone won't allow Home Depot in. Right. You know, I go off the mountain and I always go to Home Depot. Right. You know, I just feel like some of their products are better, especially my tools I buy off Home Depot. Interesting. And uh, getting ready to buy my cabinets off Home Depot for my own house. I'm just not a big fan of Lowe's. I'm sorry. Right. Well, I, what I have a problem with the big box stores is when you ask a question, it's just, it's not somebody that knows what they're doing. I mean, they're just, and I'm not, and that's not a knock on any of them. They're just, they're just, they're hired for that to sell something, to work something. But they, they've never, they have no experience in the construction industry. Well, they don't want to hire retirees out of the business. Right. You know, Lowe's at one time did have a licensed plumber in there in the plumbing right. department, and he did grow up here in Wadawa County, and and it was great because you can go to him and he just say right here and yeah. take you over there. Yeah. Now you got a college kid that's don't know where it is. Right, never picked up a hammer. And uh, yeah. one thing I disagree with Lowe's, I'm sorry, they've changed over the years. Is you could go in there and people would say hello, mm-hmm. can I help you? Now you can wander around for two hours and everybody would look at you like, well, I've seen you before, but then turn around and walk off. Yep. Yep, I get you. I get you. All about home construction. We'll get back into it right after this first break. Thanks for listening to us. That's right, all about home construction here on WATA. And again, thanks to all of our listeners out there. Randy, fun stuff, man. Again, go get your breakfast this morning at the VFW. But yeah, let's, yeah, I'm on here too with Terry. So. I know. Uh, yeah. That's all right. You know, Terry's the only paid employee here today, so. Yeah, I don't know the how much I get paid. Let's not brag about this. But that's all right. I'm glad you're here. I wouldn't do this without you. So here we are. Uh, so, all right. I know I know. we kind of like to talk about food a lot. And so why don't we just keep with that and, and tie that into all about home construction this morning? Yeah, the evolution of the kitchen. The evolution of the kitchen. Yeah, every house has to have a kitchen. Yes, well, they do. I guess they 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 do. I, I don't know if that's a code or not, but can't be a house without a kitchen there you go so i don't know if it is a code but can you imagine trying to sell a house without a kitchen 
Well, I mean, you can sell it with the cabinets in, but not without the. You know, they will not see a see a house without appliances. Right. <laughs> I've always thought that was interesting because it, the appliances. I mean, you sell a house without you know furniture, but I don't know. It's just I always thought that was a very interesting thing. Appliances. I have seen homes CO'd with the walls painted, but nothing on the floor, but plywood. But the baseboards, all, all the trim, everything in the whole house is done. Interesting. And uh, I have actually seen some floors uh, that are sturdy floor, three-quarter inch, mm-hmm. that they actually went and sanded them like with yep. a fl- floor sander. Yep. And they stained them and urethane them, and they actually looked excellent. But they used, what they used was they used yellow pine subfloor. Yep. I, I, yeah. Well, I saw a floor once that was a, a converted uh, barn into an apartment. And they just went with the OSB and put in a uh, polyurethane over top of that. I just wonder how how good it hold up because you know if you paint it and it's outside it flakes. Well, this will yeah, but I don't know. Anyway, enough about floors. What about kitchens? So yeah, I mean, I mean kitchens. Obviously, like you said, so we you got to eat, right? I mean that's a staple of, of life. I mean you have to eat and. Uh, humans, or we we tend to like our food cooked for the most part. Yep. And so, uh, you know, that's naturally that's where that evolution of the kitchens come from. And so when you when you look back in history, I mean, you know that I guess we're we're talking about a standalone space, a dedicated cooking space when we're talking about kitchens today. I guess uh, you know I mean we could all cook out on the fire and. Um, you know, cook. I mean, that, that's a little different. There, that's not a. It's not a preparing, sp- uh, an actual food space. You know, but where the the preparation and cooking goes uh, necessarily. The Chinese were the first known. That's what they're saying. Well, I, but you know, Neanderthals had to cook some way. See, and then that's where I'm saying that that's. I guess that's where I'm going. Like the difference, between, like an actual kitchen. You know, I mean, yes, you can cook over a fire. But that's not necessarily a kitchen. So kitchens, to me, anyway, when I think of a kitchen, I'm thinking of that dedicated space, that area yep. that you, you know, where you prepare food, basically. Well, you know, uh, the Vikings. Now they did their cooking inside their longhouses, right? Yep. And they slept in their longhouses. Yep. So then it was a pit inside the house. Yep. And uh, it was huge. You know, for the people, that, right. the amount of people that lived well, in it. But it's cold there, so of course it's got to be huge. And, uh, and you know, the main thing about these kitchens here is somebody had to get the fire, mm-hmm. and somebody has to keep the fire going. See, that that's, to me, the, 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 the interesting thing. You know, and we talked about this a little bit when we talked about um, uh, heat, you know, and, and uh, on that episode, and if you didn't catch that episode, you can go back and listen to the podcast. But you know, we talked about you know the the evolution of the chimney, uh, and, we, and we'll we'll probably get into that a little bit today too. But you know that that's where a lot of the heat was was, I guess, the technology side of, of heat systems, if you will, uh, sort of are developed because they were trying to to make a better oven uh, for kitchens. And you know, yes. Chinese, uh, ancient ancient Chinese uh, archaeologists have found areas where uh, they had like this, you know, dedicated kitchen spaces. Um, 
you know, but think about that. There, there's, there's no refrigeration. No. Nope. You know, until the, what, basically the 1900s in terms of, 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 uh, when it became popular and, and economical, um, didn't have ice boxes really. And the hearths, again, as we, as we go back to the heat show, uh, hearths, you know, they were made out of clay, made out of stone. And so I think, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to, when you, when you think about the evolution of heat and how close that's tied to a kitchen. Well, you know, they, uh, storage yeah and you think about the animals uh that we have today probably the animals back in that time period were two-thirds smaller because mm-hmm. you know most our cattle hogs right you know horses and stuff like that if you know we've we've bred them to be bigger yeah and because uh, i think you go to africa and a warthog weighs 80 pounds yeah you know and well you you look back at some of the heritage breeds here in the united states you know and and um you all, you know, I'm a big history guy, and it's interesting. I was just, I mean, I know this is corn, but uh, it's the same thing. I, I was reading a really interesting article uh, this week about corn and the 18th or 19th century corn, and just how different that is than than to modern corn today. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when you think about if you drive down the highway today and you see a cornfield, all the corn stalks are the same height you know you look down the rows and all the corn if, if they're not the same height then something was wrong like you've got a wet spot or a dry, dry spot, spot. Um, whereas in the 1800s even uh, going into the 1900s uh, they weren't hybrid plants and so one stalk may be six foot tall and one stalk right beside it may be four foot tall and that was okay you know yeah uh, and, and so the same thing with animals so but when you you know but and i say all that i'd say you know that the, the food was different, and the storage was a little bit different. Well, I watched a uh, college professor from North Carolina State Agriculture. You know, that's the big yeah. – North Carolina State's big ag center. Yeah. And uh, and it was on GMO, and everybody hates GMO when you say it. Right. And, uh, and he said if we do not con- continue with our research on G- GMO, the whole world, not just us – We'll be starving to death by 2050. Interesting. Because we can't keep up feeding people now. Well, Carson and I actually had this debate not long ago. What, and, and this is getting off kitchens here. But I know. What, 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 what? What's a GMO? I mean, when you think about it, corn itself, even 200 years ago, was being not was, genetically altered, but it was it, it was, was systematically altered. Yeah, the tall plants bred tall plants. Short and plants were so just cut down. Some, in some way, everything has been genetically altered. Now, not not with like science in terms of like you know cutting up DNA and genes and stuff. But when you think about genetics in terms of crossbreeding, every agriculture product has been crossbred to, to breed i mean that's how you have angus cows that's how you have holstein cows that's how yep. you have anyway i'll get back on kitchens now well getting back to china <laughs> how about this you know we talked about the size of pigs being yeah. smaller well your pig styes were located beside your cooking pens sure because they didn't have any way to preserve these mm-hmm. So I guess what they were doing was feeding a lot of people in that town every day. And then so you just re- yeah. In like, China, at that it says here China uh, 
the main food was pig. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they they used gourds, skins of animals, which we you know we've seen man at one time cooked his soup in skin with mm-hmm. hot rocks. Right. And uh, so I doubt any of them skins are around anymore. But uh, you never know what they what what they find. Right. Well, they definitely find the evidence, and you know. And so then, again, you know, it, it's you're, you're talking about the you know pig styes being close to the kitchen. Even in Europe, I mean, you you would build houses, and in the Middle East, you would you would build houses over the the um, the for the lack of a better word, the barn, right? You know the the, uh, the the animals would be attached to it um, because you just German houses the animals yeah, were under you under that's what I'm saying like sometimes they're beside sometimes they were under but um, but yeah so again when we when we think of like a dedicated kitchen space um, you know it, it again there's evidence in China but you really you start to really think about uh, Egyptian kitchens you know that's where where you really start to see these like purposeful places you know these 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 uh for the lack of a better word rooms right where uh the, the, you know it was meant for the kitchen that that that's what that dedicated space was for it was created ovens for, yeah too. create solely for food and and so you see that and that's where again you know that's where you start to see these ancient egyptians where they're creating these these ovens um you know and they're heating those with uh, charcoal with wood, um, even creating utensils, making yeah jars, bowls, pots and pans to cook in, yeah, well, and eat in exactly. And 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 uh, I mean again the going back to the hearths, but I mean that's that's where the the a lot of the modern stuff that we think of today when it comes to food originated in ancient Egypt. You know, again, like you said, baskets and uh, mortars and pestles and uh, they actually had metal blades and uh, plates, pitchers, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, and they would use those tools to make stuff like bread and beer and uh, cook their meat and, and their stews. And Just their, think they yeah. did all their uh, uh, beers and their bread mm-hmm. without any yeast. Well, wild yeast, but yes. Yeah, but from the air. Captured. From the air. Yeah. Now that's 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 I always thought that was interesting, um, but yeah, it, it's really cool. And then, then you know, then you start to get into the the uh, the fifth century, when you when you started getting you know this, this ancient Greek uh, stuff. You know, well, I mean, not fifth century, like going into the ancient Greeks, right? The Greeks, you know, really started having this sort of separate from the rest of the house kitchen, and then, um, you know, in. in it makes sense when you think about where the Greeks live, you know, off the Mediterranean. It's, yep. Uh, it's it's a it's a warmer climate to begin with, and matter, matter of fact, remember we did a show on the first yeah uh, natural gas was discovered in Greece. Yep. Um, you know, and you see this, you know, not not to fast forward too much, but you see this in America when you have colonial America, and here in the South, uh, a lot of homes had an outdoor kitchen. Yes, it did. And, and you know, and the reason being is, well, when you cook food, it goes off heat, and that's really great on a cold day like today when it's forty degrees outside. But when it's uh, eighty degrees outside, it's not so, so not yep. so nice. Uh, they, the, the Greeks were into modern cooking too. See, you know, they designed the spit, 
manually turned. Uh, they got to use an olive oil to cook with. Mm -hmm. And the clay ovens. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you think of today, like when I go to a, a, a nice wood-fired pizza place, um, those ovens are not very diff different than, than the ancient Greek ovens. Yeah, and uh, and m very much like the modern-day pizza mm -hmm. ovens of yeah. today, the, yeah. cl the clay ovens. Right. I mean, that's the thing. And then... Um, it's it's interesting though you know as you as you look around the world at the time, uh, different utensils used at different places and the and the Greeks were really known for not using utensils to eat with, uh, use you know but lot, they had a lot of bread you know bread was a big staple in in the Greek times, um, and so they would they would kind of craft well you know you about will. about everybody over there, mm -hmm. uh, in the Middle East eats with their fingers yep instead of using utensils and uh they got into preserving the first first ones to start preserving food mm -hmm. with salt and you know like you said around the Mediterranean there that's pretty good yeah so that i you know every country feeds off another country during that you know right. we've we've learned yeah well, over the, the, the history of the last shows that we've done technology just improves and and and, and and trade and you know trade we think of trade so much you know Silk Road kind of stuff like you know as 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 this the silk coming from China and making it to Europe but what we what we don't realize is how much of that technology and ideas were shared along that Silk Road also uh, and, and that's sort of the same thing what you're seeing is you're you're seeing the the ideas from ancient Greece uh, ancient Egypt showing up in Greece and it's showing up in Rome yeah you know. And they just uh, advanced it. Yeah. You know, the Romans did. Well, you know, so a lot of the peasant uh, Romans lived with their family. You know, you'd have this small room, basically, this small house. Think of a, of, of a one-room house almost, and, um, you know, for the average Roman family, and, and your whole family would live there. And because of that, you wouldn't have a separate cooking area. And so, you know, they, they would... They would go and you'd you'd get your food from the street vendors or something either already cooked or you'd come in and you'd cook it like you know on the on the, on the, the heat source the, mm -hmm. the family fire, um, and then you know, but the Romans is where you really start to see the the separation of classes, and so the more wealthy you were, then then you'd start to have a larger space, and then uh, you know the 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 super wealthy would have a courtyard and you know outdoor cooking if when it was nice outside and. Um, you know, so you could you could kind of adjust more and, and have a little more uh, uh, flexibility in, in, in how in how you control things, and you know, with ovens, and of course, well, the wealthy Romans had slaves that would cook for them, and then, so then it was easier to to kind of have a, a hidden spot where you know the slaves would work and cook, and you know, you just didn't worry about it as as the as the wealthy Roman. Well, um, they also. They probably the ones invented the big kitchens because it says they kept all their food in the kitchen, mm -hmm. their harvest and everything. Yeah, that's when they they really start doing that, and you know, and again, uh, they actually had a stove, for the lack of a better word, um, that very much like today's stove with a burner on top, and so they had a charcoal uh, fire that would they would light, and um, these it, again, you know, think of think of going out and and, and putting. 
uh, going in the kitchen and, and putting a pot on the stove today, you know, with a burner. Uh, but they had a they had a, a wooden uh, or coal fired, a charcoal fired uh, version of that in in Rome. Uh, and so I, I think that, I always thought that was cool. But like you said, you, you know, that's where they started keeping the food in. They had wooden cupboards. You know, that that's when you start to see those into the the kitchens. Well, you know, we also did a radio show on heat systems, and mm-hmm. the Romans built the heat systems. Right. Well, they started. Yeah, they were they were smart and were able to start to capture some of that wasted heat after you know it, it cooks and 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 reutilize some of those uh, centralized heat systems. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's pretty cool. So, you know, we, we see this evolution of this dedicated space of of food, of, of cooking. So. Then the Middle Ages backed everything up, didn't they? Well, yeah. They went to I spit mean, roasting. Yeah. yeah. They, the Middle Ages are interesting because, in Europe anyway, like they, you know, these they didn't adopt the, the Roman central heating systems. And so, like you said, they, they relied on those open hearth cooking and so in in some sense the kitchen started coming back you know or, or stepping back in technology where they would uh you you're you're back cooking over an open fire in, in a one-room home kind of thing yep but uh the hearth you know your europeans had hearts mm-hmm. and uh you know so that means they had chimneys right and well, that that's it, and in you know the the hearth was multiple things. You know, like you said, you didn't store food; they didn't have a refrigerator. You couldn't throw something in, and salt was not very cheap. I mean, that's where the word salary comes from, is the Romans would pay people in salt. Um, you know, salt being salary there. In case you didn't catch that. <laughs> uh, but that's where the word salary comes from. It, it originates from salt. And so preserving food was a big deal. And in the Middle Ages, you start to get these these stews that basically were endless stews, you know, where you just cooked Potatoes, all day. Yeah. onions, you stuff just cooked like that. all day long. And so as it got down, you just added more to it. And, um, you know, so you had these continuous stews that would just continue on and on you know they had to, the thing about it is somebody learned that they had to keep it above a certain temperature to, for the to continue on yeah you know because you know once you get it 160 below 160 degrees bacteria can form in the food yep well I, yeah i always thought that was it uh perpetual stew is uh it's pretty cool stuff anyway i tell you what let's take another break and we'll come right back right after this That's right, all about home construction here on WATA. And again, thanks to all of our listeners out there. And uh, talking about kitchens today, and you know, we're referencing the heat episode that we did, the history of heat, and we uh, have that on podcast. If you go check out the Facebook page, all about home construction, or if you have a uh, smart speaker, you just say, "Hey, smart speaker, Alexa, whatever it is, Siri," and say, "Hey, play all about home construction." And you know, you can find the one up. You can find all about home construction about our heat, and so go back and do that. It's pretty yep, cool. and it's pretty wild how we've been doing these in the past, and then they interchange and stuff. Them. Hey, I don't mean to change the subject here. But I want to go down the rabbit hole. Well, first of all, breakfast rabbit hole. 
Yeah, that. But the obituary is on at six fifteen on Saturday mornings now. That's right. They are yes, uh, six fifteen, and again at twelve fifteen this afternoon. Just to let y'all know. Um, yep. And so that they are back. But yeah, uh, breakfast though, VFW breakfast going on right now. Yeah, you heard my phone ringing there yeah. a little bit ago. Somebody that was somebody calling. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Hey, so another rabbit hole before we get back into this kitchen. You know, I, I was talking about the the middle ages. You start to see these uh, these these stews that were just cooked all day long, these perpetual stews. And, and it was just like they just, when it got low, they just added to it. And, you know, it didn't actually stop cooking it. Um, the uh, There was a, a perpetual stew in Germany that was going from the 15th century until World War II, and they ran out of ingredients because of the war. Oh, wow. So from the 15th century, the 1600s, all the way into the middle of the 1900s. Well, if you think about uh, one stew, was still going. Sourdough bread from the West Coast has been going since yeah. the mid eight, yeah. middle 1800s. That's true. That's true. But uh, there is a, a restaurant that has opened in Japan that's been heating up the same batch of broth every day since 1945. Wow. So there you go. And between August four, uh, 2014 and April 2015, there's a New York restaurant served broth from the same perpetual stew for over eight months. Wow. I just, it's cool stuff. Uh, there was a, a, in Bangkok, Thailand, there's a broth that came from the uh, perpetual stew. It's been, uh, been stewing for over 48 years. It's still going strong. Wow. Anyway, there you go. So if you just keep cooking, you don't have to store it. That's where I was going with this whole... Uh, but it's one thing they have to pay attention to. Fire. Because yeah. a lot of these old kitchens actually burnt down. Well, that that's, you know, that's that's huge. And again, not to fast forward too far into history, but as we get into the Americas, you know, it, that's why we have detachable chimneys on all of the older houses, these log houses. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the chimney fires could be, the chimneys could be jerked away and broken down and not burn the house down. Um, anytime you have open fire, even today, right, it's, it's, it's kind of a dangerous thing. That's why you don't put heaters uh, up against, uh, you know, the, the couch or something. Um, and so, you know, when you, when you get that open flame, it's dangerous. But here's the thing, too, is that's your heating source, especially in these one-room houses you know, in the Middle Ages. That's the only f- source of heat. It happens to be where you're cooking. That's your yep. kitchen. But that's where this whole, the gathering place of a kitchen really started taking effect is, you know, you're, you're gathering into this kitchen space because it's warm, for one. But, you know, that that's where that's where your stuff is. That's where your food is. And so you, you gather around, you're, you're eating, um, you know, and so that's where the, the conversations start. And, and we still see that today in terms of, uh, you know, the tradition if you will you know think about that and you know thanksgiving traditions in america it, it's not just the eating the food right it's the it's the it's the fellowship it's the it's the gathering around and more times than not that's taking place in the kitchen well you know like i said a few minutes ago kitchens were far away from the main house to prevent fire hazard right you know they didn't kitchens didn't start moving closer to the inside to the 19th century right well, yeah, for, for yeah, for for sure, and and you think about that, you know, as we start to get into the American colonies, 
in, in, in colonial America up into, you know, uh, as we start to go into the, the 19th, or 19th century in America, too. Um, you know, again, in the South especially, you had these outdoor kitchens. But even in the North, you had these kitchens that were in the backs of houses and attacked, you know, the backsides and, and things like that. Um, you know, so when you get into colonial America, that happens to be the same time, you know, you, you early, just before the revolu- uh, the, the um, Industrial Revolution kind of thing. You know, there, there's a lot, when you look at history, there's a lot of things that happen in that mid-1700s and up uh, in terms of technology and, again, going into the Industrial Revolution. Um, and, and so f- kitchens are no no exception to that. Um you know, so you finally had these uh, the, this colonial kitchen, you know, large fireplaces and stuff, and, and these metal poles, though, that you could swing kettles in and out from, and putting pots right on the fire or the coals themselves. Um, again, large mantles and hearths like we talked about before. Um, and, and just, uh, you know, different types of pots and buckets and things like that. Yep that would be used and, and, and get different types of heat from it so you could cook things faster, hotter, slower, colder, um, or, or so on. And so... I got something for you here. Yeah? The waffle iron was invented in the Middle Ages. In the Middle Ages, really? Yeah, believe it or not. I, see, I would have pegged that to be uh, a, a you know a 16th, 17th century kind of... You and me both. But it says uh, frying pans, pots, graters, ladles, knives, spoons, and even waffle irons were invented. There you go. During that time period of history. Uh, that's cool. I, I've seen the... Uh, I like a good waffle. I mean, I'd rather have an old pancake, but... Well, I got them over today, too. <laughs> Dave Faulkner's uh, cooking pancakes. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, you know, again, one thing that's lacking, though, is as we're up on this timeline here, up all the way up into this, you know, the 19th century is, is, is water. You know, we're... we're we don't now. While there could be exceptions, we don't have indoor plumbing yet. You know, and so water, you had to collect it outside, and, and you had to bring it to the kitchen. Um, kitchen water is used for all sorts of things, not just cooking, right? I mean, yep. you know, cooking, cl- cooking, and cleaning, and, and drinking, and um, and so the wastewater, you know, would often be repurposed, and and so you know, you're you're, you're repurposing that as much as you can when it gets completely nasty. Hopefully you're probably going to water your your crops with it. Even you know nothing goes to waste. I mean that's just the way things work. Um, but again, going into uh, you know this this early America, colonial America, when this things really started to to get more innovated. Um, you know we we think of Benjamin Franklin and he's got that uh, fancy little little stove he, he made. Uh, I don't know if you you're aware of. It. Benjamin Franklin stove or not? Yeah, we actually we talked about that on one of our shows. Remember? <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorites. Actually, um, the, uh, like if I ever restored a house, an old house, I would have a, a replica of of that stove. I don't know. I just think they're cool stoves. Well, uh, you know, when I was in England, you know, uh, cooling, you know, we've talked about that was a big problem with food and stuff. Yep. But there was a type of stone that sat in the bank. Mm-hmm. And it was 80 degrees outside. And I didn't see any water running in these rocks, but they were porous like pumice. Mm-hmm. 
but I mean it was huge. I mean it was bigger than uh, these uh, these two radio station rooms put together. Wow! And it was probably in uh, the high thirties in that in that room. There was no doors or nothing. You just walked right through it and you walk around in it. And it was natural. Cool. Yeah, and time you got out of there, you was cold. That's I can't remember what it was called. That's interesting. Um, well, you know, Benjamin Franklin's stove though was, was so cool because it it it, it was a, it was mainly for heating room, but it, it allowed more heat to be released. And um, so another Ben Ben guy, Ben Thompson, was his name, who. Uh, from uh, Massachusetts, he's like, wait a minute, we can, we can capture this heat and cook with it, and he designed one of the earliest cooking ranges, um, uh, you know, and, and then had a stove combined with an oven, and uh, his. Uh, that's when we finally start to see a lot. I mean, again, we had uh, the, even the the Romans had a, had a system similar, um, but now we're, we're using technology to our advantages and getting a lot more consistency, a lot easier, um, you know, and, and controlled, a lot a lot more controlled with your heat. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it, well, and, and, you know, I going back on the stoves, there, there's, I mean, stoves themselves are really cool. Uh, I think I, not too long ago I was talking, oh, back in the fall, we were talking about, uh, I went down to Old Salem in Winston-Salem there. Uh, and, and yep. visited the old Salem. Those they have seen these cool. Um, I guess they're clay, the the, the uh, uh, stoves that the uh, um, that they had in Salem, and it the it was the Moravians, and, and they it was like a I don't know how to describe it on the radio. It's like a square stove, but the middle was open, like it was like a it was like. Think of, uh, you know the clay pipes we see today, like uh, chimney liners? Yep. It's like if you put one on the bottom, two on the side, and one on the top, and made you know made like a, a square donut. Uh, and it captured all the heat, but you, you wouldn't cook on it, but you could heat up like, you know, drinks and tea and stuff. But I just thought those were the coolest looking stoves. Wow. Um, so anyway. You know, uh, the, the, there's a big article in George Washington's first president of the United States kitchen here. Well, and how it had everything. Yeah, you know, Mo- modern, te- the technology that they had for the time, mm-hmm. uh, all the cooking utensils, uh, the kitchen above it had a second floor, and that was for the the, the cook and staff to live. Yep. So they were always there, and uh, and this is pretty wild. They were, they had a cooling floor, mm-hmm. so f- food could be stored. Yeah. You know, and there had to be oh, yeah. something there, a spring run through there or something to keep it below, you know, 57 degrees from ground temperature. Yep. Well, <laughs> I, not to not to knock uh, old George Washington, but you know I'm a big fan of, of Thomas Jefferson. Oh, I know. And Thomas Jefferson, you know, he, he was like, he was this big food uh, connoisseur. I mean, huh? you know, he, when he was in France, uh, France for a while and stuff, he became this big French connoisseur of food and... I mean, when you talk about Monticello, oh, yeah. the oldest building on the mountaintop uh, was, guess what, for the kitchen. Um, you know, in the basement of that, of Monticello's uh, kitchen uh, was used up, uh, the basement house, Monticello's kitchen until 1809. Well, you know, I know that, but you know George Washington had ice cream. Well, That's pretty yeah. good. Uh, don't. 
Don't worry, kids. <laughs> Have you seen the flavors of ice cream George Washington ate? We'll talk about that right after this. It's not as exciting as you would think. That's right. All about home construction here on WATA. And again, thanks to all of our listeners out there. And uh, don't forget the VFW breakfast. That's what got us thinking about kitchens this morning. Talking about kitchens and all about home construction. And before we get back into kitchens, you you had to bring up George Washington. Yeah, George Washington was the first president. George Washington loved ice cream. He made it popular in America. But you want to know what some of the flavors were, Randy? Probably coffee. Parmesan, asparagus, chestnut cream. Well, just think about this. Ham. That'd be good for seeding. Oysters. Oh, uh, all that sounds good to me. But it's not ice cream. I don't know what kind of ice cream you eat, but it's sure. You it, know, had to, I, it had to have dairy. I don't in even. It. I don't even. <laughs> I, don't even <laughs> I don't even like mint chocolate chip. I know. I mean, you give me some. You give me like a raspberry or or black cherry ice cream or chocolate or vanilla. Now we're talking. How about strawberry jelly on your biscuits? <sighs> I can do that. Uh, but I'm just saying, if you're going to be bragging about ice cream in George Washington, let's let's be fair. Well, be just fair. think that was probably healthy too, because <laughs> you know it had it had all the butter fat in it. Mm-hmm. I, I I now I will I will go to anybody's kitchen that wants to make a homemade ice cream, as long as it's not any of those above flavors. <laughs> it doesn't well, get any better than the homemade. You got to try it cream. once. So, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> a poor little fella. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, and it was served on a, a pewter cone. You forgot that. Oh, yeah. Right. Naturally. <laughs> naturally. Um, actually, well, another rabbit hole. Uh, the first ice cream cone was invented at a fair because the the, uh, the guy ran out of bowls serving ice cream. And the guy beside him was making these waffle donut things. And they're like, oh, let's put these together. Now we got a waffle cone. Yeah, good on. Um, wow. See? Yep. So, again, though, as we start to get into the 1800s, especially, you know, you still had these these one, especially in the rural areas, you still had these one-room houses that relied on the hearth. But more and more, as houses became bigger, you started to expand and, and come up to the separate area, the separate kitchen. Uh, around the 1820s, you had what we think of as, as a kitchen sink. They had a dry sink, which was like a large bowl, and uh, you know some kind of metal, or stone, or maybe even a wooden bowl um, that was placed on a cabinet. And sometimes those uh, those those sinks themselves were lined in like lead or zinc. Yep. <laughs> uh, the more wealthy you were, you'd have a wet sink, and so you had a way to pump water into the sink, and uh, not necessarily you know kind of borderline what we would call indoor plumbing. Um, you know, it wasn't like throughout the whole house, but you would you would be able to pump water to uh, from something. Uh, sometimes just a container, or it probably just run. You know, like a lot of uh, 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 spring houses. Yeah, just run continuously exactly. all the time. Yep. You know, to keep 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 uh, cool. Yeah. Um, well, and, and that's the thing. And so then you get into you know the the, the what we think of today as a kitchen and then these twentieth century kitchens. And um, again. For the history of, of, of humans, you know, up until now, um, the the kitchen itself, especially for the average person, right, the the average peasant, if you will, at least, um, you know, you're, the the average Joe Blow is going to 
the, you're gathering in the kitchen. It's a gathering spot. It's the heart of the house, right? Because it's the heat. It's where the food is. It, you know, it's, it's the gathering place. Um, we start to see that shift into the 20th century, but especially as you get closer to the end of the 20th century, you know, where the kitchens are now becoming this dedicated space that is cooking. You know, that that's the main point of this kitchen, um, you know, is, is the cooking. Uh, yep, and uh, I just want to back up just to her there. In 1850, the modern stove was designed. Right. The Oberlin stove. And, you know, that was, a, I guess that was a coal-fired stove? It could be coal or wood. Okay. And it actually brought the stove back into the house. Yep. Well, now, again, now you're having a more controlled uh, heating source um, that, that you can you can, you can can really maneuver and, and um, contain, if you will. And, you know, again, Benjamin Franklin had his stove, and so... These things started to change on that, and you know, as as electricity and gas comes into play and in, into the twentieth century, you know, you start to you start to see more modern technology and gas stoves, and then we start to see eventually, uh, you know, electric stoves uh, yep. finally coming into it, um, you know, and then toasters, pop up toasters, invented in nineteen nineteen. There you go. Uh, well, you know, think think it think it. You know, well, my time period in the 50s. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my granny's toaster only burnt toast every, every day. There was no adjustment <laughs> on it. And uh, Deb goes, how can you eat that? And I said, that's how. My granny would burn the toast, take a butter knife, and scrape the top off of it and put butter on it. And golly, it was good. You wouldn't know the difference, right? No, you know, and and then I and I watch her make a sandwich and cut the crust off. And I'm that's going, funny. you're throwing away the best part, you know. <laughs> Well, uh, and that's that's the interesting thing. But you know, you just have technology is just so cool, and and just the way things changed, and and you know, again, now we have this, uh, we we've gone from the cupboards and the hearths all the way into kitchen cabinets and what we have today. Um, so I don't know. It's cool stuff. History of of kitchens, right there, and, and a brief history. So, come and join me for breakfast. That's right. You'll be there another hour or more. Go check them out, VFW, and then. And uh, if you keep coming, I'll keep serving. There you go. So, sounds good. Well, Randy, it's been fun. Don't forget, we'll put this on the podcast. You can go back and listen to the Heat podcast where we referenced so much today. And um, and remember, the bituaries are coming on at six fifteen every morning. There you go, Saturday morning. There you go. They were on this morning. Thanks for listening to us, Randy. I guess we'll see you next time. Take it easy. Bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast, all about home construction. Our show airs live on WATA Radio in Boone, North Carolina every Saturday morning. Check out our Facebook page, All About Home Construction. Leave your tips and comments there. Also, subscribe, like, and share this with a friend.